One of my favorite film scores is uh, The Citizen Above Suspicion by Ennio Morricone. It's not such a great film, but it's... Oh, it's well, a good film. So yeah, it's okay, but the, yeah. But the soundtrack is fantastic. Yeah, anyway, well, then the next question that's written on this sheet is, <laughs> have they really influenced, question mark? I think indubitably well, they it? must have. But well, would it be and you can't if I got it, any really, chance to answer to this or what? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm taking on both roles. <coughs> <coughs> yes, well, I think more than uh, this particular soundtrack did influence me, I think uh, probably a picture I've seen of Ennio Morricone doing a soundtrack was rather influential. Ennio's, <laughs> Ennio's okay. So, well, the next question right. would be, what did the picture look yes, like? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, it had Ennio Morricone sitting mm -hmm. on a chair, and he had a rather small instrument, like this, this, oh no, this thighs. Yeah, he had like it was an interview about the ghost film, but anyway. No, he <laughs> had these really, really f little things, like little flutes and etc., and all these things sitting next to his chair, and uh, it looked like he was like playing one after the other on top of a multi-track tape. Great. Opposing the, the government and opposing the Conservatives, I'm afraid it's the hard left who want to tighten their control. They want to uh, sideline uh, moderate voices. I don't think anybody should be surprised about that is the nature of the hard left. And of course, we know that the hard left famously cannot tolerate any who dissent. Who are the hard left, Well, we know who the hard left are. In the you know, ascendancy I, I, within, the, within the Labour Party, who associate with the hard left. You just said so that we were right to right wing. The hard left agenda, printing money, nationalising without compensation, that sort of hard left-wing position. Hard sort of left, the hard 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 left, hard left, hard left, the hard left, the hard left, 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 the hard left, the hard left, 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 the hard left, the hard left, left, hard left, hard left, hard left, the hard left, 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 hard left, left, the hard left, the hard left, hard left, the hard hard left, hard left, the hard left, Oh, um, in terms of new releases, uh, the um, venerable Korean director Boon Jong-ho has got a new film out called Parasite. Um, oh, yeah? Sorry, I pronounced his name wrong. Bong Joon-ho. Fucking hell, this really is like an episode of On Cinema at the Cinema. <laughs> um, so, Bong Joon-ho directed uh, The Host, which is a kind of pretty good uh, well, probably not one of his top tier films but really you know very very solid film uh, kind of an anti-imperialist as well uh, The Host is this 2006 monster movie where like an American military base in South Korea dump a load of toxic shit in uh, the Han River and mm. um, naturally uh, a, muta a mutant monster uh, is born <laughs> from the toxic waste. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah. Starts, yeah, starts kind of attacking people, and like it, it's kind of. Um, it was seen as quite an important film because it was sort of like, well, this is the kind of film that Hollywood does, but um, yeah, but in Korean. the host, 
yeah exactly but in in, in uh this was kind of like look this is we can prove that we can do this film in career as well and mm. um i think they actually used an american animation studio for uh the monster but yeah basically this is a long-winded way of saying um <laughs> that uh i thought that parasite was going to be some kind of a monster movie or something okay like, yeah yeah because what the bong joon ho films i've seen or, or at least the last two of them because uh yeah the snowpiercer is not really about monster uh, no but it is a kind of audacious science fiction film i i really loved snowpiercer that snowpiercer was is one. really good and you know i was actually um provoked to rewatch snowpiercer as a consequence of parasite but understandable of course, yeah <laughs> yeah snowpiercer was followed up with okja a netflix original co-written in fact by john ronson uh, which, which i've is... heard of but i've not seen yeah, it's good. Again, that's more earthbound, but it is kind of a science fiction film as well. And and again, mm. not kind of hyper, you know, hyper real, not quite uh, set in our reality. Um, so I kind of thought that Parasite would be continuing in this slightly fan. He's still a very political director. Um, he always has been since, I mean, his... Uh, his second film, Memories of Murder, is a really... I mean, you've seen Zodiac. Uh, mm-hmm. It's kind of like the South Korean Zodiac. It's um, a police procedural about a bunch of cops investigating a serial killer. Okay, um, yeah. Under the uh, military dictatorship that was uh, in, in charge of South Korea for many years. Um, I think he's a leftist director. His films are deeply political. Uh, like Snowpiercer definitely seems to come from a left-wing perspective. Yeah, exactly. Snowpiercer is uh, a film about class. It's a pretty much almost, almost literally about class warfare. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, of course. I mean, it's all very, yeah, very explicitly spelled out in Snowpiercer. Um, and Parasite... didn't that have T- Tilda Swinton? Am I remembering right? It yeah, did, yeah. and Tilda Swinton also uh, appeared as quite a similar character in Okja. Okay. And um, then Parasite is his new film, and this returns him to, as far as I know, an all-South Korean cast. Uh, so there's no Western actors jockeying for space in this one. There's no people who look so much like Keanu Reeves, but why the fuck didn't you just cast Keanu Reeves? In the <laughs> uh, we, uh, I'm talking, of course, about whichever of the Chris's, you know, the interchangeable Chris's stars yes. in Snowpiercer. <laughs> <laughs> Like seriously, that that would be a perfectly good Keanu Reeves picture. Uh, I mean, it's a fine film, but the actor at the centre is a bit <laughs> there. Um, yeah, Parasite uh, is another kind of deeply class conscious Marxist flick from Bong Joon Ho, and um, so in Parasite, this poor family, this working class family, who you see kind of living in penury all unemployed um in this terrible little house that get that is incredibly flat rather that's incredibly susceptible to rain damage they uh all basically hatch this plot to uh like rob a rich family um or, or, or well just kind of like insinuate themselves into the lives of this rich family. <laughs> so they, they gradually kind of pick off all the rich family's staff 
and take their jobs <laughs> and spread these elaborate lies in order to uh, like befriend uh, or well to both befriend and literally get into the house of the wealthy family uh, and I, God, I'm really kind of like mangling the plot, so maybe I won't spend too much time on Parasite. But I think it's uh, it's kind of like a, a hilarious and um, and shocking and quite gripping film. It's a, yeah, a, a Wikipedia says a dark comedy thriller film, and that sounds mm. about right. But I think it's very explicitly uh, a satire about class and about as explicitly about class as us and them so you know very much so Um, okay yeah and (laughs) yeah and unlike snowpiercer well don't get me wrong shit gets twisted in this fucking film uh it is situated in the world that you and i live in you know yeah it's uh, not some sci-fi kind (laughs) of post-apocalyptic thing yeah okay (laughs) no i'm but it's uh you know i really really rate uh bong joon ho really really highly i mean i think this this film is great uh and oksha and snowpierce uh the host and memories of murder all the ones i've seen are you know really strong pieces of work so you know Mm. whether his next film is another south korean one or another international production like i think uh it it will be exciting to see where he goes from here, and if it is just another kind of fucking Marxism fest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot of interesting Korean cinema, but um, mm. I'm, I'm a big fan of this director, and uh, I haven't seen Parasite yet, but I'm looking forward to it. Have you, have you seen any of his other films? Um, the one that comes to mind most easily, of course, is Snowpiercer. Uh, yeah. But I am familiar, I've seen The Host a while back. Mm. Um, and just discovering South Korean cinema uh, recently for me, because I'd probably only seen a few films from there before, has been really eye-opening. It is just kind of like this whole other world of cinema. And uh, for for people used to Hollywood films and, you know, British and European films, you know, there's, it's perfectly kind of like some of the most hard-hitting stuff that you're going to see is coming from South Korea. You know, like uh, political politically conscious movies and, you know, adult violence and, and, and sexuality and themes. Um you know, it's, it there's, it seems to be a really uh, kind of like vibrant scene, I guess. Um, but then this is just me kind of giving an overview of like all of South Korean cinema. I don't know if there's what? particular eras where it's better than others, others or anything. What was there? Um, damn it, I'm trying to. Okay, I saw The Devil. You, you, you've seen, seen that, that, haven't you? Oh, I, th- I swear we've talked about it at some point. But it must be in somebody else. Oh, wait, um, did, did I see I saw that? Hang on. But I could be I... completely wrong. It's like about a serial killer and their version of the FBI is trying to catch him or whatever. Um, <laughs> no, yeah. I, I did. You know, I, I, I might have even downloaded that film. So, I, yeah, I'll watch I'll watch that film, you know, because I've not seen it. I watched The Wailing, which I think some people have compared to I Saw the Devil. Okay. Yeah, no, this is directed by Kim Ji-Woon. And he's okay. actually, he's, I've seen quite a few of his films. There was A Tale of Two Sisters, which is oh, a fairly yeah. famous one. I've heard that's very good, yeah. Less famous, I think his first film ever was The Quiet Family, 1998. 
It's a dark comedy thriller where this family runs a hotel in the middle of nowhere and their guests start dying either accidentally or by suicide. <laughs> Hate when that happens. And they have to cover it up because it looks too suspicious. And it's it's a, it's a comedy of errors, but it's also extremely bleak. Uh, <laughs> so it's, it's an interesting one. It's, it's a good film. I see uh, Kim Ji-won has gone to Hollywood and done a movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger called The Last Stand. Uh, <laughs> okay, yeah. You know what? I watched a I've little... I've not seen that. <laughs> I watched a little bit of The Last Stand in the background of like when I was writing an essay or something. I just wanted some mindless shit on in the background. Um, sure. <laughs> I think Harry Dean Stanton is in it for like two minutes and gets murdered by Arnie. I'm not entirely <laughs> sure if that's what happened, but that might have been all of the film that I watched. But, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, no, his, I mean, especially his South Korean films uh, sound really good. How are you, Sheriff? Old. Who the hell are you? Man. I'm the Sheriff. Were you thinking of Park Chan-wook's Vengeance trilogy? Yes, yes I was. Yeah. That's a terrific <laughs> set of films, you know. Have you seen those ones? I've seen all yes. of those. Yes, yeah, okay, maybe that's what I'm thinking man. of that we've discussed about Korean cinema, I don't know. Um. Yeah, because these were kind of like my entry point. I mean, obviously my old boy was my entry point, and then it took me a few years to... <laughs> yes. <laughs> Although I was very impressed by old boy, it took me a few years to pluck up the courage to really dive deeper you know um, yeah interesting films about about sort of violence and also i do seem to recall mind it's been a while since i watched them that they they had a certain element of class consciousness a lot of their protagonists were like working class trying to make good you know i think and so. with a bad situation um <laughs> uh, yeah i feel like uh i mean what's the one where they all get together to kill the person who uh who wronged them <laughs> is it sympathy uh, for lady vengeance or it might be that one yeah that would yeah. be the last one in the series but anyway in that one it's all it's kind of like classes uh joined together by suffering you know mm. sort of kind of middle class and working class people all in a room killing this person uh, <laughs> yes right i remember that scene now <laughs> yeah i mean I, I i've seen a fair few park chan wook films the handmaiden i thought was really good um it's a deeply strange film but very kind of ornate and opulent and enjoyable in the manner of a kind of peter greenaway movie like uh you know the guy who did the cook the thief his wife and her lover uh, stuff like that film uh, yeah who i'm i'm a big fan of uh, and he directed a, a six-part john le Carre adaptation for bbc recently called the little drummer girl which is um i think it's the second english language thing he did about um did after stoker rather which i've only ever seen on a crappy tv and i couldn't really hear it but um <laughs> yeah the little drummer girl starred michael shannon who's always great <laughs> michael shannon as an israeli uh like well, as a mossad guy basically <laughs> so it's kind of like a thing where mossad are the good guys so you know uh what it's very artfully made but john mccarry films are i mean i guess they give you insights into like how the spooks think but <laughs> which seems to be mainly like dry sarcasm but <laughs> like, uh, yeah um 
you know, that uh, it's kind of okay, but uh, I hope he does something a bit more uh, challenging next. Sure. <laughs> I wonder whether you're tired, burnt out. Well, that's a phenomenon we understand here. It's like metal fatigue. We have to live without sympathy, don't we? We can't do that forever. One can't stay out of doors all the time. One needs to come in. In from the cold. Yeah, I mean, we could do a quick run through like anything else we've watched recently, I guess. Might as well while we're here. Um, um, yeah, what? yeah, I saw the classic Bonnie and Clyde a while ago. Was it 1968, <laughs> 1969, something like that? Seven, I think. 67? Okay. I uh, think so, yeah. And I have seen The Graduate. I, I do like it, but... As you yeah, say, it is good. a bit like people know about it already. Uh. Yeah, <laughs> well, I was going to try and come up with a wrong, a wrong Keir died joke about uh, Mike Nichols <laughs> and his his former comedy partner Elaine May. Um, but whilst Mike Nichols may have had the more illustrious uh, directorial career than Elaine May, uh, he is actually dead now, and she isn't. So I guess Elaine wins. <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just what I'm saying. I actually, I've kind of got more of a soft spot for Elaine May's films than I have for really uh, any Mike Nichols stuff. But, um, but yeah, you, yeah, I think Bonnie and Clyde is a pivotal movie because you can trace, yeah, an awful lot of um, the. Uh, the rollicking, uh, fucking taboo-busting feel of New Hollywood back to that movie. It Um, certainly is one of those films that, um, at least our film studies course credited with ending, uh, you know, the old Hollywood system. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure there's definitely truth to that, having seen it. Um, Although, of course, notably, as anybody who knows history would know, um, the protagonists do get their comeuppance at the end as it were (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) which is plenty in line with the haze code but (laughs) in the meantime there's a lot of head popping some fucking cops you know uh (laughs) lots of blood and gore for the time it's it's a fun film action-wise absolutely <laughs> um, well, you know, I'm 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 a big fan of the director Arthur Penn. I recommend quite a few of his films. Yeah, for, well, for what start. else has he done? Night Moves, the 1975 thriller with Gene Hackman, not to be confused with the 2014 thriller by Kelly Reichardt, which is also an excellent <laughs> film. Um, I I I highly recommend Night Moves. I think his revisionist West. Western starring Dustin Hoffman, uh, Little Big Man is good and also not that problematic because Dustin Hoffman's character is supposed to be white. So I thought for a long time that it was Dustin Hoffman doing a Native American impression. Oh, right. <laughs> I, so I never watched it, but actually it's a good film uh, and it's against <laughs> the bad way that Native Americans were treated, what do you know? And uh, Dustin Hoffman is a white guy in it, so that is okay then. Uh, <laughs> the Chase, uh, his 1966 film starring Brando is pretty good. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Um early Robert Duvall performance as well in that. Then you got also starring Brando, who I gotta be honest is fucking terrible in this film. Uh, <laughs> the Missouri Breaks from 1976, which is a western, in which Jack Nicholson uh, plays 
you know, probably a slightly meatier role than Brando and is good in it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Alice's Restaurant, uh, uh, worth a mention as well, which took me a long time to seek out. Um, it's based on the, Arlie, the 20 minute Arlo Guthrie folk epic. Uh, and for an adaptation of a song, it's pretty good. It's kind of folky hippie saga about draft dodging from '69. Uh, oh, right. Worth a look. Yeah. And then you got the other one I've seen is Mickey One, uh, which stars Warren Beatty, uh, and it's really French New Wave influenced, really hyperkinetic editing. Not much of a story there. I so I, I mean it didn't really grab me, but Warren Beatty's mm. in that one in an early role, so. I, I mean, yeah, Arthur Penn is cool. Incidentally, Arthur Penn directed uh, the 1989 movie Penn and Teller Get Killed. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know if Penn and Teller asked Arthur Penn to direct this movie <laughs> because his surname was Penn. <laughs> but it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> knowing what uh, bit i know about them <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> you know they're very logic based guys you know they're very smart very I'm clever so men. Very, very libertarian um. <laughs> oh man super libertarian dude uh i would really recommend the 1970 italian film directed by Ilio petri investigation of a citizen above suspicion which is about this fascist cop who fucking murders his mistress and then sets out to lead his fellow police officers towards him in the investigation, uh, basically because he is a citizen above suspicion and he's going to prove that he can literally get away with murder. Not to sidetrack the investigation. Not to sidetrack the investigation. But to prove. But to prove. But to prove. But to prove. That I am above suspicion! Uh, and it, I mean, it's a terrific film. Score by Morricone. Which, interestingly, as soon as I'd watched the film, I was just, like checking out some interviews with Blixer Bargeld, who's this German dude who used to play guitar for Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. And he was like, You know what I thought had a very good soundtrack? C- Citizen Above Suspicion, Morricone soundtrack, <laughs> very good. Um, and then Mick Harvey, the other former guitarist of the Bad Seeds, was like, uh, not a great film, though. I'm like, shut up, Mick. <laughs> if I kill that whore, what would happen to me? You would have the investigation. How brave you are. Fantastic film. There's a bit where uh, he gets promoted. He's he's head of homicide at the start of the film, and then after he commits his homicide, he gets promoted to uh, chief of political crimes. Um, <laughs> and, and, and chief of political crimes is like the political repression department of the police. Um, and and he's got this like huge archive. It's just like they've got a huge like shelves and shelves of communists and then there's the truck operation gladio the movie um well basically yeah i mean it's about (laughs) that that uh politically uh tumultuous period in italian history you know the years of of lead and um yeah i mean like uh, yeah, it's great when they're going through the archive and they've just got all, like just shelves and shelves of files on communists, and then they've got all the individual groups as well. Like they've got Maoists, Trotskyists. <laughs> um, Break them into then, every individual flavor. Yeah, exactly. And then a much smaller section of fascists, 
you know, they are kind of are fascist in this film, so it's a bit kind of like, you know, presumably... They're These are the bad fascists. We're the good yeah, ones. Yeah, at one point, one of his subordinates is telling him about... Uh, the uh, about all the graffiti that's been left up and he's like um we've been, we've taken down all these like left-wing slogans and etc et uh, and he said there has been an uptick in anti-stalin graffiti which uh, of course we have been instructed not to remove <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i mean it's really um you know a lot of those uh, italian films from that era have a really 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 strong political uh, conscience you can commit any crime you want they'd never catch you as stuff like investigation of a citizen above suspicion is uh you know that much more um i guess a kind of much more technical period in uh using a phrase not literally in in italian cinema in that the westerns had happened and there were all these very marxist films getting made you know pasolini was directing by this point as well uh i watched uh salo a few months ago yeah i i I watched salo actually not that long oh really I thought I thought you watched it a while back, didn't you? It was it was several months ago now. Okay, uh, yeah, but but not not further than that because it was just before uh, our friend Juliet Jakes did an episode of her Sweet One Two One podcast about it. So I I watched it uh, inspired by that. Uh, I found it a very grueling watch, but I thought it was uh, I thought it was wonderful satire. It's like yeah, the fascists. Um, you know what it reminds me of? Um, you know the the joke, the aristocrats. Yeah, <laughs> you just, you just pretty much grotesque thing you can think of. It's it, it's uh, like not particular. I mean, it is a very intellectual film. It's beautifully written. You know, Pasolini was a poet as well oh, yeah. as a uh, filmmaker, and it does like, show. He, he was a jack of all trades. Um, but uh, I mean, at its basis level, it's just like the fascists of these. Def- depraved <laughs> fucking perverts you know which is true which is absolutely right and, it, and is good satire and i fully endorse yeah it's unflinching i'll say that yeah oh. yeah and unlike me when i was watching it you know <laughs> like, oh god they're eating shit now oh you know? <laughs> uh, but actually you know investigation of a citizen above suspicion uh it's five years before salo but it feels like of a piece with it in in a way um in that it just sh- it shows the kind of depravity of these people <laughs> you know just for the ruling class mindset yeah. Uh, just just uh i mean the character in investigation above suspicion is insane uh he's deeply erratic uh, at the end he commit he confesses to his crime to like the rest of the police chain of command and they don't <laughs> believe him <laughs> <That's it. laughs> like he, american he does- psycho <laughs> yeah. yeah, he does. I mean, this film is it's better than American Psycho, and it's uh, yeah, okay. it, it predates that uh, by about 15, it, yeah. by the book by about 15 years, I think. But, um, I'm the murderer, I'm the murderer. <laughs> Yeah, uh, then he gets promoted at the end of the film. 
<laughs> so it's like a deeply I think it's a Marxist <laughs> film I, I presume the director was a leftist it's a deeply cynical film about the ru- Italian ruling class at that point but in a way that is entirely justified I think uh, and it's all you know about police corruption political repression the blue wall of silence where cops protect each other um, you know it's a, it's a great kind of movie yeah. a red light the police salute we are the guardians of law and order in our time his voice is the law he is a citizen above suspicion uh so i mean that would be the single best film i watched recently uh, for, I don't have too much to say about it, but for the very first time, I watched Night of the Living Dead, the uh, George Romero original. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that. Uh, I know I watched it when I was like sixteen. I think I've seen it since then. Um, it's um, it's, <laughs> got, it's got that cutting moment right at the end, hasn't it? Sort of the the bit. The, the, it's satirical, I would say. I don't know. Is that the right word? Oh, oh, yeah. Well, well, well the cops. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the coming and guy, saving yeah. the black guy from the zombies by shooting the black guy because he's. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's really. Uh, I. <laughs> I thought it was a great film, and and um, the I watched the 4K restoration on. Um, on Amazon Prime, and it is not a uh, slick, clean-looking film, even after the restoration process. I mean, I it mean, looks like it was made in about 1940. It's got, it's got the box yeah. ratio, aspect <laughs> ratio. It's all in black and white, and it's terrible quality film, like, you know. Uh, but, I've always kind of wondered with remasters of old films, like, there's only so much quality you can get, surely. Like they were yeah. made on old cameras with old technology. You know, like. <laughs> I find that a lot of it with remasters of older films is. I mean, they often look really great. To be fair, but you can see like the grain of the film better. <laughs> like yeah. all the every bit of whenever there's like a flicker across the movie it is super. Uh, you really, you really feel it. You know, it's like mostly an improvement, but then when there is that odd moment, it's really jarring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I I think it was on. Uh, no, it was it was actually a, a blue a like seven gig Blu-ray rip or something that I downloaded, which thankfully had hard-coded British subs. And um, of investigation of a citizen above suspicion, and frankly, like that looked amazing. Okay. Uh, it could have been. It could have been shot by somebody uh, using film, obviously. Mm. But but today, you know, it was that beautiful to look at that good quality uh for a film which is largely set mostly in quite ugly police stations it it depends a lot i guess on what you're working with if you've got the original film i bet you can probably do a lot of stuff with it yeah I, i don't know what the people with Night of the Living Dead had access to. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know much about the making of it, but I presume it was like an independent production. And uh, it's dazzlingly innovative and, 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 and uh, you know, 
gripping as a horror film uh, for a, a as what I presume is quite a low budget operation. Yeah, it was all set in pretty much one room, more or less, apart from like yeah. the introduction and the, yeah, yeah. And it's 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 more of like a psychological thriller than you would think. Going back, I don't know the remake of like Dawn of the Dead and all that, and like if you're expecting that kind of zombie action. It's definitely not that movie. But. Yeah, well, they, they didn't really have the facilities to do gore in it. Occasionally, no, you, yeah. you get what looks like, you know, animal carcasses <laughs> yeah. stand, standing for the people. But, I mean, you know, the fact that they couldn't do gore it doesn't really fuck up the film, no. I'd, I'd say. It's if anything, kind of like... I think it forced them to do a better script. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's very tightly made, yeah. Yeah, and the fact it all kind of takes place in this one house is, is you know, it's good. It's like a siege thriller, you know. Almost. Exactly, and, yeah. Yeah. You it, get inside it, the heads of these people and what they're thinking. It's intense. Yeah. Hey, you're still afraid. Stop it now, I mean it. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Stop it. You're ignorant. They're coming for you, Barbara. Stop it! You're acting like a child! They're coming for you! Look! There comes one of them now! He'll hear you! Here he comes now! I'm getting out of here! John! Absolutely. Um, I mean, anything else? I watched a, a film, another film dealing with the South Korean military dictatorship, 26 Years, which um, was okay. It's basically a bunch of people who were victims of um, the uh, Gwangju. Oh fuck's sake! They were victims of a massacre by the government, basically, uh, mm. and uh, like a bunch of the victims' families, they all get together and decide to kill this former dictator, uh, based on a real former uh, South Korean leader. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, of course, we in America especially love to forget the fact that South Korea was ruled by a military dictatorship for decades. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, well, yeah, and the, and also like when people are talking about like the oh well, yeah, what if you f- fucking don't like fucking uh, have you know untrammeled free market capitalism? Why not fuck off to North Korea? It's like oh well, or what about South Korea? <laughs> they, yeah, they, they've had like a left of center social democratic government for quite a while who are doing you know quite well. <laughs> not saying that that's the limit of my political ambitions, but yeah, it's not like it's you got the right wing country and you got the left wing country. No. It's not yeah. that simple. Yeah. Uh, watched a few Roman Polanski films lately. <laughs> oh, well, I know we wanted to discuss the Ghost Rider at some point, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, you bet uh, I have not yet seen that. Got downloaded, ready to go. But you you got to check out. What, 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 what other Polanski films you've seen? I don't know. I feel like he kind of had like a second wind as a director a few years sort of post-scandal maybe mm. about t- 10 and a bit years uh he uh, obviously european productions but he started making some 
I mean, like, I'd say about three or four pretty competent thrillers in a row. Mm. So you got Frantic with Harrison Ford, which I watched a few months ago, so it's not that fresh in my mind. But that's kind of thrilling thriller where his wife goes missing. Then you've got uh, Bitter Moon, which I watched because Will Sloan from the Important Cinema Club gave it uh five stars on his letterboxd account uh i think it's called bitter moon yeah it's called bitter moon and that's a really weird like sexually twisted film about um (laughs) this kind of masochistic relationship between this man and this woman um and there is just this one line i i thought it was good but there's this one line in it where it's like um polanski by the way co-wrote the script and the line is like she had the the innocence of a little girl, the sexual maturity of a woman. It's like, it was like, oh. <laughs> Roman, did you? Was that one of your? You're not doing yourself favors, yeah. Yeah, was that one of your contributions to the script, then, Ronan? Uh, uh, Roman, and, and then uh, the film after that is an interesting film called Death of uh, Death and the Maiden, which is set in uh, an unspecified. Latin American former dictatorship um, uh, stars uh, Ben Kingsley and some people and um, basically uh, yeah Sigourney Weaver, Ben Kingsley and some guy called uh, Stuart Wilson who I, I don't know like it was one of these guys who's like in films in the 90s and then just kind of stops being in films uh, like the guy who was in that Sidney Lumet film Q&A we were talking about it's like who Timothy oh, yeah. Dutton or Hutton or yeah um, but yeah it's basically about a uh, woman's husband is like a lawyer working for uh, the government in prosecuting uh, crimes against humanity committed by the previous regime um, because there's a kind of truth and reconciliation type thing going on and uh, she becomes convinced that this guy who gives her husband a, a lift home when her car play- breaks down when his car breaks down rather played by Ben Kingsley is the man who tortured her in the concentration camps mm. yeah that's super interesting that, that film actually it's very stagey but it's again a super gripping thriller and then you've got The Ninth Gate starring Johnny Depp, which is a silly film where Johnny Depp plays a book collector. Uh, it gets involved in some sat- satanic shit. <laughs> uh, it's better than I remembered, actually, you know. That's what I'm saying, like four solid thrillers in a row from from the man. <laughs> but The Ghost Writer is the one that is really real politic material. That's the one that we need to get get on. Strangely, the films from the last, like, 30 years of his that I know start with the next film, really. Um, which what, is, The Pianist? Yeah. I, yeah, I've seen I, that. It's not a thriller, though, so it doesn't no. fit into my <laughs> But certainly, as a Jew who has been obsessed with the Holocaust since I was about seven or eight years old, um, yeah, the, the Pianist was a very uh, prominent film for me for a long time. Yeah, didn't Polanski win Best Director for that film at the Oscars? It was probably one of those where he was like, I'm not going to go get my Oscar, yeah. 
I am absolutely certain that he he would not have gone to get that Oscar. <laughs> uh, and of course, now he's been uh, kicked out of the Academy for, well, obviously being a sex criminal and international fugitive. Oh, well, that's um, good, finally, after yeah. 40, 40 years or so. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to shed any tears for Roman, I, I, but I, I mean, I do think it's a little bit pathetic that, you know, that, that just the kind of like that they were giving him awards uh, <laughs> yeah. 20 25 years after he was committing uh, statutory rape and then now that now that the uh now that now the that public shit... is more turned against that kind of thing exactly like, uh... and now yeah now events have caught up with them and they're like uh, oh no of course we we've always hated roman polanski <laughs> you know yeah uh, <laughs> but i mean yeah i i, I um he i think he released a He's got a new film playing, actually. Uh, he had a new film at the Venice Festival called J'accuse. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's about being wrongfully accused of something. <laughs> I wonder why he might like something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it's kind of like Woody Allen with his, like, three different films about getting away with a terrible crime. And then the only other film I've seen in recent-ish years of Polanski's is uh, Carnage from 2011. It's competent, you know. It's okay. I I, it's I enjoyed. It. Wasn't that that was the one with the like this four people in an apartment, right? <laughs> warring middle class families? Yeah, yeah. Like it's a little. I don't know, like what you expect I, yeah. an art film to be, but also it was funny. So, yeah, uh, oh, it was. Yeah, I mean, I feel like um, Polanski. Um, Unlike, say, Michael Haneke, he generally does portray these middle-class families, and he skewers them a bit, but it's more for their personal failings than for their mm. their uh, class background. It's a, a so, little more human, a little more sympathetic in a way. Yeah, but, well, yeah. yeah, I don't think he's as political a filmmaker, no. really. Uh, I, I mean, you know, and so it's so clap. So I, I don't think you can commit statutory rape and flee the country for four decades because uh, you have great politics, you know. Um. <laughs> well, I, well, Jacques Hughes is, I think, kind of like an anti anti Semitism thing. It's about the uh, the Dreyfus affair. Oh, I, I, okay, yes, I do. I know about the historical thing. I don't know about the film. Um, yeah. yeah, well, I mean, obviously, you know, Polanski, uh, I, you know, I think you were, did you mention this a minute ago? That he, obviously, he is a Holocaust survivor. Uh, no, I didn't mention it. But yeah, yeah, I, I knew that. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if he is going to be making films like this is an interesting thing for him to be making them about. The really, Dreyfus Affair know? is something that it's an interesting story. Like I, I'm, I'm surprised there's not more movies about it. So, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I'll just quickly look up um, the the film uh, Jacques' uh, film. Ah, uh, okay. It's called An Officer and a Spy for the English Market. Um, but yeah, it stars uh, Jean Dujardin, who um, was in uh, was in that film. Uh, what's it called the actor the artist yes the artist. yeah, yeah. Uh, he plays uh george uh, picard um, i think in france like polanski is not like it's not like ah oh, bad black mark on your career if you, <laughs> yeah. if you uh, work with polanski it's like oh polanski oh there's uh, sexy films yes you know <laughs> <laughs> 
Traitre Sale juif yeah, uh, Emmanuel, Emmanuel C- uh, Signer is in the film, as she is with almost all of Polanski's films. Uh, Emmanuel Signer is, of course, married to Roman Polanski. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it's co-written by Polanski and Robert Harris, who, in fact, wrote The Ghostwriter. So it links thematically to what we will probably um, be doing uh be, be doing for yeah a future real politic episode but i've got to say whenever robert harris is like mouthing off about corbyn and stuff i'm like you have literally worked on three different projects with a convicted sex criminal like are, <laughs> are you really the man to be uh fucking you know uh <laughs> just kind of throwing your political weight around right um, <laughs> <laughs> all right so you know, anything else? Any last thing to mention so we don't end on Polanski or anything? Sir, Don Rumsfeld is at the Pentagon on line three. That? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Dick, are there still passenger planes in the air? I need rules of engagement. Well, let's get the president back online, sir. You have authorization to shoot down any aircraft deemed a threat. Presidential authority? That is correct. All orders are unidir. Unidir, sir? Unless otherwise directed. All right, I got I got one more film then. Um, Vice by Adam McKay, who uh, obviously is the director of uh, both Anchorbound movies, of Step Brothers, of The Other Guys, and more recently of The Big Short, which was his movie yeah. to slightly more serious, let's be real, kind of Oscar baity material. Although um, always somewhat political, anyway. At least always with, um, political. Some, some I mean, I yeah, I think the other guys and uh, Anchorman Two are actually better satirical movies than The Big Short. By all accounts of what people saw in that room on that terrible day. There was confusion, fear, uncertainty. But Dick Cheney saw something else that no one else did. He saw an opportunity. But anyway, uh, he's actually put out a new film which kind of picks up where the big short left off. And it's kind of, it's hyper-stylized. It's always kind of breaking the fourth wall and doing little comedy bits and stuff. This time it's about Dick Cheney, uh, who, to the film's credit, Adam McKay McKay clearly absolutely hates. (laughs) (laughs) Like, this is not a film for the age of, well, now that Donald Trump's in, I guess we need to just say how good the Bush all other republicans was. are yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 thank it is not uh it is not this kind of like let's launder the crimes of the past sort of movie it is very much like look at this evil cunt he is total pure evil he has no redeeming features <laughs> and the government that he was in was just as evil as he was um so it's not a great movie but <laughs> it's kind of like <laughs> not it's not really that melty it's kind of uh just explicitly anti-bush administration in what i thought was a a really refreshing kind of way uh some of the performances in it quite funny um steve carell plays donald rumsfeld uh, uh <laughs> christian bale is obviously 
Dick Cheney himself, you know, put a lot of weight for it. That's gotta, yeah, that's interesting. Um. (laughs) The important, no, sorry, Film Chat Podcast did a great sketch actually where they got that recording of, I think it was on the set of The Dark Knight, Christian. No, it was some really shit film actually that Christian Bale did, like Terminate or something (laughs) around that time. Um, It's him like shouting at a sound man or something, just like, you fucking, (laughs) you should at least fucking do it professional. And he's kind of doing it in his american accent accent for the film and kind of <laughs> in his own british accent but right. basically uh film chat podcast in their episode reviewing this they edited in them doing an impression of that guy who dick cheney shot in the face and so they're like oh you shot me in the face and uh christian bales then like you fucking can you not even fucking you need to apologize to me now and they're like but 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 you shot me <laughs> so shout out to the film chat guys for that uh the vice presidency is mostly a uh, symbolic job right right i can see how that wouldn't be uh enticing to you however the vice presidency is also defined by the president if we were to come to a uh, different understanding. Uh-huh. Go on. I'm listening. Yeah, Vice was kind of okay. Friend of the show, Eddie Marson, appears in it as uh, Paul Wolfowitz. Um, and uh, mm. Eddie Marson was actually interviewed around the time of the film in The Guardian, and they said, do you think Paul Wolfowitz was a bad guy? And he said, no, I think he was very concerned with uh, spreading democracy around the world. <laughs> <laughs> spreading democracy with politics <laughs> and stuff, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's weird because, like, if, he, if he'd have spoken to Adam McKay, I, don't, I think Adam McKay would have said, no, no, he, no, he was a complete monster. But, uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> he'd be like, no, 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 but, but they weren't spreading democracy, Eddie. They were killing people. No, no, and he'd be like, no, nah, Tony Blair was great. Um, yeah, man, kind of funny film. Sam Rockwell plays George W. Bush. Uh, he's just kind of doing his thing. Uh so it's kind of a. I gave it three stars. I didn't think it was great, but I thought it was kind of mm. jokes, you know. <laughs> Fair enough. So yeah, you weren't too into it, but good premise, I guess. Yeah, passable film, man. Got Jesse Plemons who plays Todd the psycho in the Psycho Nazi in Breaking Bad. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. He plays uh, throughout the film, so he's like narrating the film, and you're like, "Who's this guy? Is he like Dick Cheney's son or something?" Turns out, sorry, spoiler, spoiler here, but it turns out he's the <laughs> guy who who gave Dick Cheney like his heart transplant when he was in a car accident. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Vice, maybe worth a watch for you. I don't know. I'll definitely check it out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, I think this has been Real Politic Movie Roundup. Uh, I guess five bags of popcorn for everything. <laughs> yep. Cool. Content. Content, content. I'm going to go and have this zoot that I just rolled now. <laughs> All right, man. Enjoy. I'll, uh, All right, man. Talk to you next time, man. Right. Thanks, man. Bye. Um, okay, that's the show finished. <laughs> One of the biggest disappointments of Vice I found was that it only barely addressed the 
key point in his tenure as vice president where he shot a 70-year-old man in the face at point-blank range with a shotgun. It's just a small bit in the movie. Yeah. And really, I think that should have been the focus of the film. I did enjoy that they included the bit of uh, the clip, which I'd forgotten about, of the guy apologizing yeah. to Dick Cheney for being shot in the face. That was quite funny. That was good. Um, but so I did a bit of ding around, made a few calls because, you know, I know a few friends in Hollywood. And yeah. it turns out it was actually a much longer scene but unfortunately, Christian Bale got so into the scene, his accent slipped a little bit. Mm. Um, but they sent me over the uh, the scene anyway, and it's great. So I felt like we should just play it. Yeah, we should definitely play we should it. Play it. Well, just... it, shows, it shows Christian Bale the peak of his acting powers. Absolutely. when he like Because he spends a lot of the movie kind of cooped up. He just like grumbles. You yeah, know? yeah. He's a very softly spoken character, Dick Cheney, but he, you know, he really lets rip in this scene. Shall I just uh, press play then on that clip? Yeah, let's hear it. What the fuck are you doing? Jesus Christ, you shot me in the face. Why the fuck are you walking right through? Ah, da-da-da-da, like this in the background. What the fuck is it with you? I didn't think you'd shoot me in the face. I don't get it. What don't you fucking understand? What? Give me a fucking answer. What don't you get about it? Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you shot me in the face. Now, don't just be sorry. Think for one fucking second. Oh, God, there's so much blood. Fuck's sake, man, you're amateur. Wow. Shame, shame, shame the accent slipped a little bit. Maybe the Academy has seen that scene, and that's why it's getting a lot of its Absolutely. Uh, the for, your, attention. for your consideration. Absolutely, yes. Brilliant.
people it's crowdsourcing 